good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast. And this week, we're going to be a little meta. We're going to be a podcast talking about a podcast. (laughs) And when I say that, we're going to talk about a super fun podcast that Mr. Simon LeBon was recently a guest on. It's the Smartless Podcast with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes, which was hilarious. I mean, they have so many people that go on their podcast, and it's just like, they're kind of like us. They like seem to be like sitting around and just kind of like shooting the breeze, yeah. and then they just love meeting people and just kind of talking to them. So I like the way like one of them is the person who gets the guest, yeah. but the other two don't know. So there's always this build up to who's the guest, and uh, Will is the the greatest with his descriptions and uh, and the others trying to guess who it is. It's pretty funny. Yeah. This one was like, Will was right on it. Like he couldn't contain his excitement. No. <laughs> so it was really cute to hear him. Super fanboy. Oh, total fanboy. And then they were like, do you even know Simon LeBon? And then Simon gets on. He's like, yeah, I don't know him, but <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> it was such a fun episode. So y'all go out and listen to it. It's smartless. It's on all the pods now. If you wanted to hear it early, you could hear it a week early if you had a certain membership to something. So, or you could sign up for a free trial or something, something. like That's that. What yeah, I did. yeah. There were some diehard Durannies that were like, "Oh my gosh, I have to listen to this like 48 hours before it was actually going live." That was me. Yes, that was Jody. <laughs> But let's just kind of run through some of the fun things that they talked about on it. What's funny to me, though, let me say this before I forget it. Okay. Even while listening to and knowing that Will Arnett and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes are the ones interviewing Simon, I kept envisioning the same situation that I envisioned when I listened to Wush. Simon's in a little room somewhere in his house in London. Yeah. He's got headphones. I mean, this whole image was the very same that I imagine whenever I'm listening to him and Caddy. So I thought it was kind of cool, actually, that he's comfortable at home. It came across that way. Yeah. The way he was talking to everybody. But just, like, cool, casual Simon. And I think it was because, you know, he didn't have to travel seven hours yeah. on a plane to get to New York or whatever and all that. So I thought that was – it just felt good, this interview. It just felt good. Yeah. Agreed. Okay, so I was kind of, I re-listened to it again, y'all, and it is definitely an episode that it's worth going back to re-listen because it was good. And it was fun because they did seem like genuine fans. And yeah, Will Arnett was total fanboy. And like when he was talking about some random fan in Toronto, and he's like, that was me! And, yeah. <laughs> and all of that. <laughs> and then, you know, Sean was like, I've seen you at least two times, three times. We're like, mm-hmm, Sean, but at least you've been. So... <laughs> Well, I mean, just the three of them sound like they are music fans, Mm -hmm. and they are of a certain age, and they're around our age, so that's, I mean, it came across as that is totally relatable, and if you listen to the episode, you learned something new about Sean Hayes and his brief music career, (laughs) and the actual song was played, he had a song, yes. Well, and at the end, they tagged it on, like after Simon got off the phone. exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, one topic I found interesting 
was when Simon was talking about the in-ear monitors and Jason, I think Jason Bateman was like, are those like new technology? Like in the past 10 years. And Simon's like, we first had them on the tour in 1993. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been a minute. And I think I would have thought it's been less time. But the interesting thing I found, at least as a vocalist, is he said it saved his voice so he doesn't have to scream as loudly to get over the guitars, mm-hmm. which totally makes sense now. But he's like, you, you can't turn them all the way down because then they'll be out of tune with the rest of, of the musicians on the stage. But did y'all know that they've had like those in-ear monitors? That must have been the, the ordinary world, like Duran Duran tour. I yeah. remember mm-hmm. noticing them because Simon had sort of like, like the silver thing. Yeah. silver ones or something that were very sparkly and I just remember noticing mm-hmm. but I noticed them not that I hadn't realized he didn't have them before yeah so it I don't know I guess technology is newer when it comes to that but I would have thought he'd have some kind of ability to hear himself I mean they're on stage monitors that but, not anymore. Yourself, but not anymore but not at all they're these all replace the stage monitors they're all in ear oh uh, well I mean bands that I go listen yes. to mostly that's not a thing but yeah, yeah. I mean the big ones who can afford all that yeah. I mean we think about the reflex video you know Andy's legs up on the monitor and I mean yeah. and that that part of the time it was still just all the onstage monitors yeah most modern bands at least of this caliber are all mm-hmm. in air now unless like there's a specific reason why they wouldn't be yeah they but also yeah, have it. A, it was just the um, yeah the monitors on the stage before yeah <laughs> they also have some of them have a built-in metronome so mm-hmm. you actually and they can talk to the like the guys at the sound can talk to them through their ears so there are some things happening on the stage that they weren't able to do when they had regular monitors but I really I did I really appreciated that Simon was like I don't have to over sing because I'm not competing with all the instruments that get really loud and that's good because then that means his voice can last longer and they were talking about right. that he was a trained singer you know in his background and they acknowledged that so I thought that was that was interesting and it's he, something you don't hear him talk about very much he didn't talk about the trouble he had with his voice no well he, he did say at one point I did like yeah. scream too much and had to yeah. I lost my voice but now it's it's gotten better and I'm, I'm in shape and they're talking about being in shape for being on the road and how they try not to let too much time go in between the shows just so they can kind of stay up with their fitness I guess both musical and just their endurance which is interesting because in that Sun article that came out this week the big quote that was sent around all over the place in every headline about them and this article was what the doing music and playing shows isn't what kills you it's the time in between mm-hmm. which I think is very interesting and in what you just said about keeping fit and all mm-hmm. that to be ready to get up on stage I mean when that's your livelihood and that's what you do um yeah that being healthy and, and trying to not succumb to the in-between yeah. is super super important yeah and in a recent article John was talking to that very um subject about like now he will just you know after yeah. a show maybe get something to eat yeah. relax We've maybe watch Netflix. some Netflix <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know get in touch with loved ones if they're not on the road with Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with, um, and I appreciate that they realize, you know, I can't go as hard as I used to go like 30 years ago after a show. And I appreciate that because then that means we continue to have shows with the ear monitors. I mean, we're hearing a lot, you know, of the people that we grew up lately and and who immediately came to mind was Huey Lewis. Mm, How like, you know, he practically has lost his hearing just because of all the years of touring on stage. I think he has disease though too. I think he has 
has Meniere's. Meniere's can. Yeah. Because I also suffer from Meniere's, but it can create the tinnitus, Mm -hmm. which could potentially lead to hearing loss. But he had it, he had hearing loss prior to To having that diagnosis. So his is like mostly because of the loud music and not protecting his ears. I mean, Pete Townsend suffered from this for years. Mm -hmm. Pete Townsend's deaf in one ear. Right. So, I mean, I know it's a thing. And if you didn't have any your monitors before, then what are you, what are you using to protect your ears? And they were that's protecting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they also. <laughs> You know, since they, I'm not going to call them casuals, but they were because they're new fans. They were really asking some kind of basic questions. Actually, they ask about the name. So Simon goes on about <laughs> oh yeah, long stuff story about, about the yeah, Jane Fonda, Jane Fonda Jane and all of that. Then they were like, okay, well, you know, if you're ready for the road, how do you decide what you're going to play? So Simon oh, gave us some little question. set list discussion. And, you know, I found it interesting that Simon acknowledges that they are playing or they are primarily seem to pl- plan the set list for the people that are going to see them probably once on this tour maybe every other tour they are not necessarily thinking of the fans which is not surprising remember someone said the fans would revolt if we didn't play Rio so I think that's the thought going around in their minds whenever they're creating whenever John's creating the set list Yes. <laughs> yes, we got that um, enemy confirmation again. Yes. That interview that was done um, last week or so in London, where John pretty much comes up with a set list and then they go over it as a group and kind of decide, okay, do we want to add something? Do we want to take something out? But I think he comes up with the initial set list idea. And that's one thing I noticed Simon said in this interview, which mm-hmm. you were probably about to say, was that um, he has to sort of moderate John's listing because there are songs that he doesn't want to wear his voice out early on yep. and in my brain I'm thinking a view to a kill a view to a kill oh, yeah. don't put a view to a kill at the beginning of the set list yeah. and then how you know he has to like make sure that he still has the vocal aptitude at the end of the show so they have to you know jigsaw puzzle the song together for that too well speaking of set list <laughs> last night we had the first show of this new tour over in the UK man and what do y'all think? Uh, last chance on the stairway, anybody? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> I nearly died when I read that. I nearly died. And I'm, I'm thinking by June 6th on our first chance to see them, we might not get it. We'll see. Because they'll maybe switch up the set list a little bit. But the fact that they opened with Night Boat yes. is a sign. And then uh, the only new ones are Invisible, Give It All Up, and Ordinary. I mean, uh, <laughs> Ordinary World. Ah! Anniversary. Deanna's favorite White Lines is still in there. <laughs> and so it's coming down. Oh, and Friends of Mine. Friends of Mine is in there. So and there's this whole like first album, first two, three album like list here with Night Boat, Hungry, Is There Something I Should Know, Friends of Mine, Careless Memories. I mean, I'm going to lose 10 pounds jumping up and down. Yeah. Excitement from all that. Well, okay. Y'all are probably going to like just beat me up. For some reason, Last Chance didn't register for me when I saw this. I, I was thinking of what are the chances? I was like, oh, they brought back what are the chances? Was it was it so like out there that yes. they play it that you're like, yeah, oh, it's not last chance. But then I saw someone like last chance on the stairway, and then I went back and I'm like, oh, that's the last chance they're talking about. I don't know why my brain didn't go there. And then I do find it interesting. Come undone got pushed to the encore, yeah, I don't like which that. I'm not sure how that's going to yeah, work. I'm not sure. So yeah, we'll uh, that, that may be that vocal rest that he needs. Although he does hit some notes in that one. And maybe it's just they're going to be. Song back out for the 
encore, but usually I think he kind of hit it hard, and that's not a hit it hard song. So, um, yeah, Don't there there you are. About it. You're being quite quiet about this one. I <laughs> she I'm wants shadows like on you, your side. Yes, well. <laughs> Hello, shadows on your side, lonely your nightmare. You know my usual suspects. Um, I was happy, obviously, to see Last Chance on the Stairway. I've only ever heard that song um, mixed in in the Electra set, so that would be a dream song for me to hear in its original entirety. We've we've gotten Night Boat before, so I mean, but it's been a minute since we've heard that, so that's pretty cool. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly what. And then speaking of, did you see the shots of them going out to the stage? No, I haven't yet. Like at the standing at the all together. Uh And I don't know at what point. I don't know if it's how they started, but there's a shot out there. um, I think that I saw it on DDM um, stories about how they were standing all together, like on a riser or something. And that took me back to the early reunion tour days where they stood at the beginning of the stage, which made me literally come undone and come out of my skin. Okay, I'm so. Um, yeah, there's like a million yeah. stories right now. I'm go yeah, through. exactly. So, um, and then Gerard and um, Carson had the time of their lives last night for sure because Gerard has posted a million Yes, pictures. hi guys. Yes. And always fantastic pictures, Gerard. Always yes. fantastic yes. pictures. Oh my God, what a great picture of Jake Shears. Oh, you guys go to DDM and look at this. Well, and then I, we have to give a shout out. The Rio Dream Base made its first Ooh, stage yes. debut and Mr. John Taylor was looking quite nice, I will say. And Patty has posted about that too. And I told her, oh my gosh, <laughs> it looks fantastic up there. And she was like, it's so nice to see it actually like up in, in Yeah, action. in play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Looks fantastic. So, with a little Yves Saint Laurent. Yes. That picture. Yes, that picture gave me chills. Uh, okay, this is Dilly422 who posted this picture. <laughs> so, thank you, Dilly, for sharing this. Yes. This is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're excited about the shows that are a little more than a month away. Yeah, yeah just over five a month weeks. ago. And, five and, weeks. and actually, this is our, a little shout out to us. This oh. is our f- fourth anniversary weekend Woo-hoo! of the podcast. And we are just a little over a month out until the Texas tour stop. Yep. Rolling. Well, the Duran Duran week. Duran Duran week 2023 for us. Yes. So, I mean, it's pretty much true. Yes. Right? Yes. So we're based in Austin, Texas. Duran's playing on a Tuesday night at the new Moody Center in Austin, Texas, which is right by the University of Texas. And then they're bouncing over to New Orleans for a second, yeah. for one night. And then they're going to be that Friday outside of Houston in the Woodlands, and then the following Saturday in Dallas. So if I'm going to sit on the bus. Maybe I'll go with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Figure that out. Figure that out, Jody. We'll, we'll hitchhike with the crew. Yeah. 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 There's going to be enough teaching going on. Now. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so bringing it back to smart lists. <laughs> Back to our our topic around the podcast, the other podcast. Simon told an interesting story about his underwear habits. (laughs) (laughs) And how he was talking to some other rock star about finding his underpants in a hotel like a month later and he was yeah he was kind of creeped out by that and then the other rock star was like why are you wearing underpants rock stars go commando so apparently simon went commando he said for then 20 years would one of y'all like to describe the rest of the story because it would have been a little traumatizing to me (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's see. So one night he's performing and is about to do his uh, what reflex what jump? He called it the star, star yeah, jump. Yeah, the star jump, uh, which can be seen in the reflex video from a riser, I believe. And mm-hmm. he had a new pair of pants on that he wasn't familiar with, and they lots of zippers. With lots yeah. of zippers, and uh, one actually came undone. I think several of them. Yeah, I think something came he undone. Said like a flower. So. <laughs> Yeah. It opened up like a flower. Yes, opened up like a flower. I remember and the, that thinking, oh my God. I liked the visual description, personally. And uh, so it sounds like the front row um, attendees got a somewhat of a show, almost, but were not able to capture it on camera. So that entertained me to no end. I'm sure I told you guys before about the interview that I swear I've heard, but I was all of like 12 years old and had my radio on while I'm in bed, South Louisiana, listening to Howard Stern. Oh, interesting. In 1983, 82, 83. And Simon's on there. Simon's being interviewed by Howard Stern. Now, I could have dreamed this, but if I dreamed it, I dreamed the name Howard Stern because I have told this story for 40 years. But in that interview, Howard Stern asked if he would ever pose for Playgirl. And he said, you better use big staples. And I have remembered I have remembered this, this interview and thing all this time in my life. So I hear, I hear this story, and all I could think of was big staples. Big staples. <laughs> Okay, well, I will say I do take comfort that he gave the 20 years of Commando was from 1983 to 2003, so I think he's back to wearing underpants. So I think we're good for now. Some may argue with your assessment out in the fan community. I've, I've stood in the front row. I'm thinking, no. No, he's still. Okay. I'm going to bring this back around to something a little more classy. <laughs> And actually, a little profound for Mr. LeBon. So they were talking about doing shows, and um, Sean Hayes is about to start another Broadway show or something, and he does a lot of live shows. And they're talking about, and Simon asked him if he got nervous. He's like, oh my gosh, I always get nervous and all of this stuff. And so Simon says, I am going to tell you my litany against nerves. So I wrote this down. He said, it's not fear, it's adrenaline. It's just your mind and your body preparing you to do something extraordinary. And you will do something extraordinary. Which I thought that was pretty amazing. And the guys even on the podcast were like, wow, go go record that people and, and you know, really take this to heart that he is able to really get his mind in a place of focusing and taking that nervous energy. And instead of making him panic and have that, he's able to really think about turning it into fueling an amazing show, yeah. which yeah. I love that. And I think we can all think about that in times of our lives when we get nervous about things and we're like scared it's moving from yeah moving from being scared of something to actually funneling that energy for something for good which I, I just loved that so I love I it think. too I think it's perspective too because yeah. if you allow fear to take over then as he said mistakes happen you just don't feel confident yep. you don't have a great show I can only associate things that I purpose conditions that I purposefully put myself in where I have 
have to get through it. Case in point, running a marathon. It's not freaking easy. I ran a marathon on two broken bones in each of my feet. And at mile six, had to stop to like keep wrapping my feet for blisters. I ran on blisters for 20 miles. But what you do when you put yourself in that situation and when you train for it, when you've done this repeatedly and you have a goal, then you have this positive mind that helps you get through it. Mm-hmm. And it, it happens when you weightlift. It happens when you do something like run a marathon. It happens when you have any kind of goal. And I think that his goal is to entertain people and enjoy himself so that the people can enjoy themselves. And this is his way, mm-hmm. that positive mind speech that gets people through what could be tough, difficult things. Right. People. I mean, standing, I'm I'm not personally a fan of like getting up in front of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, public speaking is not necessarily something that I would, you know, put on my favorite things to do list, but I get where he's coming from. And I appreciate that he cares enough to make sure that the fans do get a quality show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know as anybody that's been to a Duran Duran show can feel the energy and can feel that. So for him to put it in a verbal perspective, to hear that again, and we've heard him say that before, mm-hmm. but to hear it again, really affirming of that they really are having a great time and it shows on. And then that energy feeds back and out into the crowd and you can really tell. I mean, like we've unfortunately all been at shows before where the person wasn't feeling it, the artist performing wasn't necessarily feeling it. And then you're like, uh, doesn't seem like that person necessarily wants to be here. But anytime, you know, that we've seen Duran, it feels like they want to be here and they're in the moment. And we just appreciate that. It can't be good that I'm always watching for that too. Like I'm always, I get my energy from the energy from the stage. So if I don't feel it from the stage, I'm just out completely. And there have been moments with him where you can see his face when he's not either not all there or something's like on his mind. But it hasn't happened in the past. I don't know what 2015 was paid for guys. I don't remember him quite being, you could have, you could see that look on his face since then. I think since COVID and all the shows that we've been fortunate enough to see since then, it's completely different. Like he is there. He is happy. He is here to um, entertain and you can tell. Well, because of, I mean, because of the pandemic, like I think every artist that we've seen since then has definitely, there's an appreciation that like we get to do this Um, because Mm -hmm. for a little while there, we didn't know when we were going to get back to this feeling. So their happy place is our happy place and Mm -hmm. it's vice versa. And Simon even went on to say that he serves the song Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's like, once you're serving the song, the song kind of carries them. And so that that was an inter- interesting perspective too. It's like I think they get into that groove, and once they're into the song, they trust the song too. And you know, and that can also play into the set list and the songs that they really have the comfort right now. That's maybe where they sit with more than they sit with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like I I really liked that. I like that he kind of brought that perspective and kind of shared that with the guys on that podcast. And I'm going to be watching for the on this tour <laughs> when we see them. I'm going to have that perspective as I'm watching it, and I'm going to kind of love it, being like you know, and this is maturity too and I don't know you know if Simon 40 years ago he might have done it but he wouldn't have known how to express it in that way so the fact could that he could express though, it doing the same thing over and over again playing the same song over and over again night after night after night to a crowd of people which is essentially just a crowd of people they're not individual faces when you're up there so I feel like there was a moment when a moment in this history when there was just some phoning it in and maybe he did 
did do some of this, but it's I've got to sing Rio again. And it's still happening. We still get Rio. It's on the set list, the last song of the set list from last night. So I think to Kurt Cobain and how he just could not see himself doing the same song over and over again every night. And then we know what happened with him. There is something special about these songs that they've recognized. I can't phone this in anymore. This is our creation. This is our legacy. This is our job. This is what we do. We're here to make everybody happy. I just can't imagine doing the same thing every time. You know what I mean? Especially when I think about Kurt and how he was so vocal about how can people hear the same thing over and over again. But Simon even says when he's thinking about the set list, it's the one time that this fan is going to see it for several years. Right. And so he, can he, we then complain about a set list no. when they're thinking so about fans? He, he goes into it with that perspective. Mm -hmm. If we look at a tour, they're touring heavily over the next four months, but there's like 50 dates. So let's say they only play Rio at the shows. 50 times. 50 times. The 50 times out <laughs> 50 of 365 days. But I mean, to me, I don't... I. I don't think, you know, it's their creation. Yeah. And they're sharing I mean, that's, that's they're sharing their creation. I think they have a newfound appreciation for yeah. it. And that's why it's still there. Yeah. And that's why they're still there. This yeah. newfound appreciation. Because these songs are brilliant. These songs are absolutely brilliant. People are coming on now who'd never heard of them before. I have students who are like, oh, Duran Duran, I've started listening to them. They're our new fans. We met them at ACL that night, that young kid yes. and a couple of his friends. And yeah, I was like, what, 21? Right. So there is something so magical about these songs that, yes, the monotony of doing the same thing every night could be a thing. But this mantra mm -hmm. helps him remember why he's there. And the music, like you said, he the music serves him and what he needs to do. So it's it's the magic in the music. It's the magic that in makes the music and serving the song, like he said. And they might not find it monotonous. It could be like their favorite oh, no. pair of jeans. John thinks it's monotonous. Well, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate for a second. It's a comfortable spot that they can. They're not autopilot. They're engaged, but they don't have to be like completely worried about the whole time and right. doing it. And I and I feel like when they were talking about that this in the podcast, I think Jason or one of them was like, "Do you like?" when the fans are singing with you or listening to you mm -hmm. and he's like the the classic songs they all sing along the new songs they're listening yeah. so that yeah. is another reason yeah. why they are peppering some of these new songs in it's variety for them these are things that they've not played in a, you know very much and it gives fans a, a second to maybe step back and listen and maybe not just be singing at the top of your lungs or go to the bathroom or go to the bathroom <laughs> So, well, y'all, go out and check out this podcast. I mean, we love to hear when the guys do interviews across the board, but this one felt a little special just because it wasn't like music journalists. It was these people that we admire their work, these actors, that we like them and their personalities anyways. Dorky dudes. Dorky dudes mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of seem like friends we would have and we'd love just mm -hmm. to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they were not music people, they were just kind of fans. Maybe they're famous fans, but they're fans coming at it from a little different perspective. So definitely go check it out. Out. Hey, Texas Durannies, quick announcement. We are looking to meet y'all during the tour while the guys are out on the road. Right before the Houston show, we're planning to do a meetup in the bar, TBD bar in what's the hotel? The Woodlands Waterway Marriott Hotel and Convention Center. Which is literally like the closest to the actual pavilion there um, in the woodlands. So go to our Instagram page for the for the particulars, the exact time and the exact location in the bar. But we really hope to see y'all live. We'd love to meet everybody, say hi, and then we're going to make our way over to see the show in Houston. Woo! 
Thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player, and you could even ask Alexa to play us with the TuneIn app. Also follow us on Instagram and our brand new Twitter page. See you again real soon.